Welcome to this very special edition of the KJ Masterclass Live, the show which ensures that you profit from your time spent here with experts, either through their insights, information, or simply learning from them. And before I move forward, may I request you to subscribe, follow, like, and comment on whichever platform you're watching or listening to this show on. And today we have Contessa again straightway from Texas, USA, and she's a highly certified coach, a podcast host, and she'll be, she helps other women uh, and who are struggling to find love and peace in life. And she'll be talking about a lot of stuff. And today's topic is to forgive or not forgive self and others. Welcome to the show, Contessa. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. I can't wait to dive into this topic. It's a, it seems like a really big, heavy topic, but really it's quite simple. So I'm excited to talk yes. about it. Yes, you are the expert. It should not be a heavy topic for you because you know the answers to this. Yeah. <laughs> but for a lot of people, but for a lot of people who deal with issues like forgiving others and the, even the difficult part is forgiving themselves for whatever uh, they have done or even not done and yeah. that's the heavy heavy part the heavy burden on their lives right. and your answer should lift some of them uh -huh. so straight away first uh first to the uh you know general stuff uh contessa you have seen things uh very very closely in your life you know from your younger days and how things have been you know not so good and then you know very good afterwards and with your, with your children and your husband, you found your husband and all, all that God Almighty has been. So firstly, it's important, uh, just tell us, why is it important to heal from the past? Let's begin from there. Oh, goodness. That's a good question to start with. So um, in my opinion, from my perspective, the reason why it's important to heal from the past is because we can get stuck in the past. When I'm talking with my clients, oftentimes I'm talking to little girls who are still little girls because they're stuck at the point of trauma and they're not able to really engage in healthy, whole, mature adult relationships because they're still stuck in this place where they were hurt. And so that's why it's important to heal so that you can essentially like grow and mature beyond the point where you were, where harm was done to you. You know, right. when you do that, you know, you can be happy, you can be healthy, you can be peaceful, you can be good examples for your kids, but also you can um, believe in yourself, you can trust in yourself, you, you know, you know what you want and you go after it then. But if you're stuck at the place where someone has done harm to you or where you've experienced hurt, then that essentially is where you get stuck in, in an emotional way, right? Right, right, Contessa. And you see, this healing is a very different sort of healing because the hurt is very different it's not a small wound that you know externally and you'll just go get something from the best doctor or yourself on the you know and heal yourself this is something much more deeper than that yeah it's so very how does yes how does one travel that journey how does one do that how do they know what they have to heal 
How does one do that? Goodness. Um, so the first place is getting help, right? <laughs> when somebody has a very deep wound, right? Like, um, I, I'm not sure how much you want me to share here, but like, you know, I had some sexual trauma when I was six years old. I had a stepbrother who liked to play God and stop my breathing and bring me back to life. So when you think about like healing something deep, like those kind of wounds, it's important to get help. You can heal yourself, but the starting place is to get uh, some help, a support. And that can be in the form of a family member or a trusted friend or a colleague, right? It doesn't necessarily have to mean therapist or counselor or psychologist, but someone in the form of help that can support you and provide a safe foundation for you to do the work. Um, and from there, to be able to know what it is that you need to work on to heal, it is about being able to just do a simple reflection of your past and identify what is kind of like this common theme, common denominator that kind of runs through all the threads. So for example, what I mean, like the sexual abuse, the stepbrother trauma, like all this stuff has kind of carried through on at my life. But the things that I told myself about who I was as a result of those events was that I was unworthy or unlovable or just a, a piece of garbage that people just cast away. So I have no value in this world. And that theme is what is carried throughout my whole life. And that's the work that you do, not necessarily looking at the event itself and doing something with that, but taking care of what was born in you as a result of that event, right? Like, I'm not unworthy. I'm not unlovable. I'm totally worthy. I'm totally level, just like every human on the face of the planet is. Um, but we tell ourselves things as a result of having gone through something hard or painful. And that's the work. That's the healing that gets done so that you can come back to a place that is um, truthful and honest you are a beautiful human being who deserves love and happiness and healing and and fun and excitement right in this world right right contessa now i want to understand from you uh, being an expert in this is that just in your case you had uh, you were left on the side of the road by somebody very close to you but then your father was there Though he had to travel a lot and he could not be physically there, but he was there. Right. Now, why is it that people only are able to take the negatives out of their past and not help their lives by being positive that has happened with them? Why is it that we only carry the negatives, trauma and everything only some people perhaps carry carry the positives out of their lives. And why is it so? What would you tell people to look at whenever there is a thing like anything, which uh, grief or somebody who has not been nice to them, somebody who has hurt them, uh, somebody close who have not been there, who they should be there, who should have protected them. What would you tell them? How do they take their journey from there? How do they start healing from whatever has hurt them? Yeah. So the first place is to start by recognizing the truth. The truth is, is that your brain has one job, one sole function, one thing to do, one thing only, and that is to protect you, to keep you alive, to ensure your 
survival. And when we experience negative things in our lives, then our brains take that as um, higher information than positive information because it's designed to protect us. So it's going to say, this was painful. So we need to avoid anything that closely resembles that from here on out. And then you have a spot in your brain that actually then starts to look out for all that danger. And so what I, I run into with my clients is they've experienced some pain, right? And then they start avoiding it. And that's all they see are, are danger. Everywhere they go, it's danger, dangerous, dangerous to go out of the house, dangerous to go into the store, dangerous to have a deep conversation, dangerous. Everything is dangerous, even though it's not um, compromising their actual safety. It's because their brain has a system. Everybody's brain has this um, where it identifies danger and then it starts looking for all the ways that everything is dangerous. And so the place to begin is to be to actually start to soothe your nervous system and work with your brain to really give it the truth versus just the experience that happened. So for example, you brought up that I was left on the side of the road. It was my biological mother left me on the side of the road, drove away. And so like women were dangerous to me for the most part of my life. All women were dangerous. And so I had to actually begin to start to tell myself the truth that number one, a hundred percent of women on the face of the planet can't all be dangerous. Right. So that's just the one simple truth. And then start to scale back from that. Like, what does it actually mean to be in danger? What is really safety? And so safety, right? Danger is I'm under threat. My physical, emotional, my spiritual well-being is under threat right here, right now, meaning harm will come to me. So safety is I am not in a place where harm is happening. So I have to be able to recognize is this harmful? Like, for example, this conversation, will harm come to me in the form of physical, emotional, or spiritual? And the answer is no, right? Um, and so I am safe here. So being able to taste, come into yourself and recognize truths, and really the place that I start from this to go even a little bit deeper is bringing you back into your body. So when we experience pain or trauma, hurtful things, we tend to step outside of ourselves, outside of our bodies, and we're not very connected to ourselves. So draw that awareness back into your body and start to come back to the body's experience in the form of just a sensation, right? Like I can feel the temperature around me right now. I can feel the tickle in my throat. I can feel a little hair standing on top of my head, right? Like those kind of things, just bringing your awareness back into your body so you can establish the sense of safety and be able to discern, I am not in danger right now. And that really is like the foundation to be able to set off from. Right, right, Contessa. Now, you see, we have talked about the problems and we people keep on talking about their problems. Yeah. <laughs> but, but being an expert uh, with us is the good part is that we can talk about solutions. Yes. And you have a signature Phoenix process that you take up in a structured way to, you know, to give your clients, to people, sustainable healing and so that they live a life worthy that they are of. So, what do you tell us about that so that whoever is listening to this, watching this, and will watch in the future, will they can, you know, pick some of the things from your conversation with whatever they have gone through or are going through so that they can know that there is a way out, that there is a better life 
that is waiting for them and they deserve the best for themselves. Yes. Yeah, so I love, I mean, I know I'm kind of partial because it's my process. I created it, but really the first step is to face it, right? Because like I was saying earlier, when we experience pain, we tend to avoid and turn away and just avoid. You try to stay outside of pain altogether. Um, and so the first step is really to just face whatever has happened. Just turn around, face the past. We don't have to live there. It's just to be able to extract the information that we need so that we can go deeper. And that is the second step is to then dive in deeper to those stories like I'm unlovable or I'm unworthy or I'm just a piece of trash or nobody loves me. Or even if you tell yourself I'm fat or I'm ugly or I'm stupid, like those are all just stories that were born from a painful experience. So we dive in to be able to find out what that core story is so we can burn it to the ground because it's not true. It no longer serves us. One of the things that I was talking about with the brain, right? Like it is designed to keep us alive. And so it will hold on to a story like I'm unworthy to protect you. And so we burn that shit down so that you can identify the real truth of who you are and rise up with that truth intact. Um, and that really is the beautiful part because women that I work with finally discover and accept and embrace the truth that they are lovable and worthy and powerful and successful and beautiful. And then they start showing up in their lives like that. And most of them are moms. So then they are now their example for their kids and their kids' lives now are all different because of that. And just the impact that then goes beyond that is just so beautiful to watch a woman really genuinely step into the truth of who she is and her own that and just embody that and walk forward with that. It is, there's no greater gift to, for me, the coach, to be able to be the witness and get a front row seat to that. I don't remember your question, but that's just what came out of me. <laughs> right, right. This is what you see people, it's it's like, you know, uh, when you are in, in a problem, you just need, it's like the light in the tunnel, at the end of the tunnel. That's enough for them. So anything yeah. that they can, anybody can pick up from anybody who is an expert, that's helpful. And, you know, it's very difficult to find all the answers from one person. Yeah, but and in a short time frame, right? <laughs> right, right. Now, Pontius, uh, I wanted to understand for our audience is that generally people understand the traumas that a woman can go through. There are many stories mm -hmm. and women also have been expressing this and nowadays the good part is that they have been expressing it much more vocally which is a good part so many stories are coming out yeah. now you deal with a lot of clients women uh, men are not known to be so vocal about the pain about their traumas what are the traumas or healing that men generally need for them what are they going through in your understanding, what is it that the world must understand through you about men? Yeah, so the difference here, right, is women often aren't believed or heard, right? Men, when they experience trauma, the, the hurdle that they have to get over is that it's acceptable that they have experienced pain, right? Like, they're, they're and this, I haven't seen a culture that doesn't... Um, 
fall into this category yet, but generally speaking across the board, um, men have to hold on to their pain in silence and in isolation because it's not necessarily socially acceptable for them to have experienced pain because they're supposed to be the strong ones. They're supposed to be able to handle it all. They're supposed to be able to just be men, right? Um, and so the starting place for men is to be able to, again, tell the truth that they're not alone Everybody on the face of you, you look at everybody on the face of the planet in some way, shape, form, or fashion has experienced trauma. Every single person, seven billion. I'm, I keep throwing that number out there. Don't quote me on that. I don't know if that's a real number, but out of all the people on the face of the planet, every single person, men, women, children, elderly, doesn't matter, has experienced pain. And it only takes one man to stand up and be vulnerable and show that and what ends up happening for a man when they show their vulnerability like that is they actually are seen as having even more strength and then they become the example for other men to be able to follow but the hurdle that they have to get over is this belief that they're supposed to handle it all and be strong and that they're not supposed to be in pain when that is just simply not the truth it could not be farther from the truth okay okay now, one big factor after any trauma happens is that it becomes difficult for them, for people to get that confidence back, to feel safe again. How should they start feeling safe again? What should they do about it? Yeah, the the most efficient way that I've found to get back to safety and to bring you back into your body is this sense of coming back to your body and experiencing what your body actually has to say. So a lot of times what happens is because we ignore our bodies and ignore, ignore our experience because we're avoiding everything, we don't want to ever experience pain again, then we get sick disease happens, right? Our bodies get sick. And then we question, is it even real? Or is it really that bad? Or do I need to go to the hospital now? Or am I really okay? Right? Like there's all this self doubt about what your body really is experiencing. And that's putting you in an unsafe place to not really trust and believe in your own body. Once you come into your body and you start to experience your body. And again, we're just talking about like scanning your body. Like I feel um, like a little rumble in my tummy, right? Just being able to recognize the sensation you have in your body where it's at and connecting to that is a, the most efficient foundational way that I found to create a sense of safety. And because you come into your body and you um, are connected to yourself, it gives you so much more confidence to speak up for what's right for you to, to say, no, this is what's happening for me. And it's real. And I'm not making it up. It's this is real. And it's also very, uh, you know, uh, important because in terms of workplaces, people are there who are not your family yeah. and they are competing. They have their own ambitions yeah. and goals and yeah. they may clash with you. So sometimes some people do not make their colleagues feel so great yeah. and it might hamper their confidence. Then it takes time for them to build up. Would they, would they, should they look at their lives in office differently? How do they do that? No, I would actually say it's all exactly the same thing. Like, and there is a bit of a sliding scale, right? Like not everybody is safe for me, right? Not everybody in your workplace is going to be a safe person for you. But the best way to understand that and connect with that is to connect with yourself and then trust yourself. So when you are connected to your body and your body's experience, then you begin to build trust with yourself. So then you could look outside yourself and say, okay, is this person even safe for me? 
And can I trust my discernment, my opinion of the situation? And then you can either, you know, go into the relationship or pull back from that relationship. You do. I'm definitely not saying that you um, can be safe around every single person, right? No, there's definitely places where you need to be guarded, where you need to protect yourself. But that doesn't mean that that's the case across the board 100% of the time. You can open yourself up to people. There's wonderful people out there who want to support you, who want to engage with you, and that are safe people. But if you're always closed off, then you're going to miss out on those opportunities as well. So if you're in the workplace, just connect with yourself. You can just breathe and then trust your own intuition and trust that and go with that. And if they're not a good person, then remove yourself either emotionally, physically, spiritually from that person so that no harm does come to you. Right. Right, Contessa. Now, a big part of healing is either forgiving your tormentor or to forgive yourself also. Sometimes you may be the victim and you start blaming yourself. Or sometimes you may have made a mistake or you may, you may not. Sometimes it's the imposter syndrome also. So how does, you know, uh, it happens so many times in your daily lives, even in uh, for army men, sometimes people think that, you know, I, there are others who, who are no more deserve to live better to be there and I, I, I should not be there. So how does one look at this whole concept of forgiving others and themselves? Is it important to forgive and move on or is it that they can just move on? Just tell it the way it is. <laughs> and what people do. All right. So taking this big, heavy subject and we're going to condense it down. So first and foremost, forgiveness is never a requirement for anything. You don't have to forgive. Nobody is going to force you to forgive. And if they do, then usually you're met with uh, resistance and then you refuse to forgive. Really, it's about recognizing what the choice to forgive and so, for example, the my abuser from when I was sexually abused when I was a little girl, I, it's not necessary that I forgive that man for what he did to me, but I can recognize the choice to forgive him or not forgive them and how that impacts me. So, again, the example, if I choose to forgive him, then... For me, I can maybe live more peacefully or um, just have more breathing space for myself. If I choose not to forgive him, then I make right. Both are active choices. If I choose not to forgive him, then really nothing changes for me. I can just move on with my life, not making it about him. So it's just about the choice to either forgive or not forgive. And just for the record, forgiveness is not about um saying what has happened or what the other person has did is right or that they're completely off of the hook. Forgiveness is about releasing me from the stories that I tell myself about what has happened, right? So going along with the, the example of the sexual trauma that I had when I was a little girl, right? The forgiveness is really not about him. It's about giving myself the opportunity to move on with my life and no longer hold on to the story that this has happened and I have to tell everybody and this is what everybody needs to look out for and everything is dangerous, right? So it's forgiveness is not about the other person. Forgiveness is always about this person, the person doing the forgiving. And again, forgiveness is not a requirement. It's about recognizing that you have a choice to either forgive or not forgive. And looking at those and recognizing that both of those have um, 
I want to say consequences, but that has a negative connotation to it. But they both come with, uh, you know, there's something that follows both of those, right? So if I choose to forgive, then there's something that follows that. If I choose not to forgive, then there's something that follows that, right? Um, But just being able to recognize that you have a choice in the matter. It's not a requirement. And no matter what choice you make, then there will be something that follows that. And usually the idea is that you want to feel better. So will choosing to forgive help you feel better? Will choosing not to forgive help you feel better? And it's about recognizing which of those is what's best for you. Okay. And what about forgiving yourself? Because it can be a very big burden. Yeah. So while I say forgiveness is not a requirement in this particular instance, if you harbor unforgiveness against yourself, then what you're doing is you're beating yourself up, usually for somebody else's action that caused a, a, a you know, a domino of effect for you to get to the place where you made a choice that you um, need forgiveness for yourself or where forgiveness for yourself would be um, a good thing. Forgiveness for yourself is one of those things where if you hold on to it, it's like holding on to like water. It keeps flowing through your hands, but it doesn't feel good and you don't want it. And all you want is to just be dry, but you're holding on to that water so tightly. But what are you really holding on to? Right. And if you just release yourself and free yourself up from trying to hold on to something that really isn't yours to hold on to, then you give yourself space to embrace yourself, embrace your humanness, embrace failure, embrace bad decisions, embrace good decisions, embrace humanity, right? We all have stuff that we could forgive ourselves for. Whether it comes down to the choice, right? It's all about feeling better. Does the choice to forgive yourself lead you to feeling better? Or does the choice to not forgiving yourself lead you to feeling better? You get to choose, but you do need to recognize that if you're harboring unforgiveness for yourself, then you are doing harm to yourself. Okay, okay. One last question on this, uh, Contessa, is that people do realize that they have done something wrong or maybe in the heat of the moment they have said or done something which has hurt somebody else. But some people, either you can say ego or their position, or some people are simply not trained or they are simply not that way to be able to go and say sorry about a particular thing. And maybe the time passes and with each passing day, it becomes a burden on the person itself. They know that they need to resolve this issue, but they are simply not able to, you know, and it starts aging them. It happens with a lot of people I can have seen. What would you like to suggest those people? Yeah, the farther you get away from the point where the apology would be best served, the harder it is, and um, the apology is would be more harmful than would do good. So the best way to keep moving forward is to make a change, to do something different with your life versus continuing to do the same cycle, right? Um, forgiveness is really just about the sentiment of letting go of the stories that you tell yourself as a result of what has happened. And so in this particular instance, if you have done harm or caused harm to somebody else and that wasn't immediately addressed, then the further you get away from that, it's about letting yourself um, 
be a human, but also not letting yourself off the hook and making a change so that that doesn't happen again. And it may be that the relationship can't be healed as a result, um, but you can certainly heal yourself and do better moving forward. We as humans can always do better from this point forward. And by this point, I mean this moment, this second right here, you can always do better as you move forward. You have a choice and what you choose to do with that is up to you. Where you want to go is the goal, right? What choice you make right now is either going to get you there or it's going to pull you away from there. Whether you choose right. to forgive yourself or not is going to move you there or it's going to hold you where you're at right now and stay, keep you stuck. Right. right. In fact, you know, uh, I think you are explaining things in such a nice manner that, you know, uh, I would like to talk more. But the thing is that in this 20, 25 minutes or even 30 minutes, you can only learn as much as you can. Yeah. It takes you know, much more time than that. So yeah, how and, would... yeah, I was just going to say like, it is a lot of information and it is a big topic. So just think about like, what did you hear? What's one thing that you heard today that would help you make progress towards whatever it is that you want and take action on that? You don't have to take the whole enchilada, right? 30 minutes is a lot of information. And we've actually covered quite a bit of ground, uh, how to heal, how to start healing, right? Forgiveness. Those are all really big subjects. And we've just scratched the surface. So just take one thing that you heard, one thing that's sitting on your heart right now and do something with that as you move forward. Right. Right. But a lot of healing takes place when the healer and the two person to be healed are connecting themselves. Yes. Once. And the and the host has to be out of the way. So right. how do people connect with you? How do they know more about you? How do they get access to your free resources? Tell us about that. Yeah, so the best place is going to be my website. It's ContessaAiken.com. There is a blog on there with lots of information on how to reparent yourself, how to get over self-doubt, right? How to manage self-sabotage, all that fun stuff. Um, plus, you can find out how to work with me and then find me on from there, you can also find me on Facebook, where I usually put a lot of great information. On my website, there's a free self-worth audio download where you can just um, listen to it as you fall asleep and start working on your self-worth. Um, you can also get my book, which it sounds like you have. <laughs> um, and it is it tells my story, but it also gives the whole Phoenix process. So if you're ready for that, then you can get my book for free, no strings attached, and um, start working and start working towards healing right right i'll also try and include as much information on the youtube description so that it can guide people to you awesome. so that you can guide them better from there yes yeah healing okay. does take time it's not an overnight sensation <laughs> right right i'm sure i'm sure uh, this is just the beginning and people will understand better about themselves and as well as you know about the healing part from this trip. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. For those insights. And with this, it's a wrap on this very special edition of the KJ Masterclass. Thank you once again. Thank you.